I'm Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns. And I'm Rebecca Hackmeyer, and I use she, her pronouns. And And you're you're listening listening to Rad Rad Child Podcast. Podcast. to another episode of Way to Go and Room to Grow. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Rebecca. Hello. Uh, we're, yeah, hi. We're, we're up very early today. Well, Rebecca's up earlier than me because, <laughs> um, uh, you know, we live in different time zones. Spoilers. Um, at any rate, uh, we're going to talk about activism today. So we have uh, kind of, we're you know, we're talking, I'm going to start my sentence over because I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, so this month we're talking all about activism. And uh, so our first episode was just kind of generally about activism. And then I had on, you know, a youth activist. Um, well, this will be in the future for you. The next episode is a youth activist. Um, it's hard to keep track of time. Time is weird. It's, it's wibbly wobbly. Anyway, um, so we decided to do one episode kind of about activism in general and then our next way to go room to grow will be sort of specifically about youth activism and youth activists um so all about activism this month woohoo it's important uh always and uh especially in these wacky times we're living in uh at any rate i guess i'll just get started and stop stop babbling with whatever weird things i'm saying um i don't know why i'm telling you this but i am technically pre-copy because i bought so usually, here's the detailed thing that's going to get cut out. Usually, I don't go to Tim Hortons because they don't – I was under the impression they did not have almond milk. I'm a Weight Watchers. Almond milk is the lowest one. Even skim milk is a lot of points. So, like, I don't want to drink – like, usually, I go to Starbucks, and I get an iced latte from Starbucks because they have almond milk. It's only, like, two points. It's great. So I found out they had almond milk at Tim Hortons today because Tim Hortons is closer. So we went to Tim Hortons, and I got an iced latte with almond milk. And I took a sip and I was like, this is the worst fucking coffee I've ever had in my life. Like, how do people drink this? I don't understand. Like, I literally don't understand. It had five Splenda in it. That should have made it at least tolerable. So it's Yeah, I drink my coffee with is five Is Tim Splenda Hortons uh, Canada's version of Dunkin' Donuts? Because that reminds me of yes, my experience with Dunkin' Donuts. It basically is Dunkin' Donuts, except the donuts are good. Okay. Like, I don't like, like the, like imagine munchkins if they were moist and I delicious. think we're pissing like, off a lot of people right now. I don't care. Uh, all of a sudden, our ratings go down. Um, <laughs> it's like, I really like this podcast until they started, you know, so they bashing Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> but like Timbits are the best. And they're called Timbits. I don't like that. And on the, oh, it's really cute. <laughs> I love it. And on the, on the app, it's a little, uh, like when it's the loading screen, it's a little Timbit with legs and he's and running. it's like a testicle shaped donut. No. And it's called it's, Tim, it's a donut Tim's hall. Bits. Mm-hmm. Tim bits. Mm, do you do you hear it, it now? Do you... <laughs> yes, but I, no, it's cute. Um, okay, so you went and had maybe t- testicles. Maybe testicles are just donut hole shaped. Get your mind out of the gutter. Mind blown. Okay, so you had terrible, <laughs> terrible coffee. Yeah, Why it was bad. So technically, a... I'm still like pre coffee. What is that noise? Oh, well, that sounds like you had a. Bird. That's my household. That's a door squeaking. People are here. Oh, oh. people are I was leaving. Like, do you have a bird? Um, no, it's just a very squeaky door. But I feel like. My recording is even worse. It's like echoey. Is that better? No, you're fine. I don't hear anything. Like, I feel like I'm in a in an echo you're chamber, fine. even worse than usual, until I build my podcast closet. Uh, anyway, let's talk about activism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or lucid dreams. This episode is just about lucid dreams now. Uh, anyway, so I uh, was 
pleasantly, I mean, not necessarily surprised, but I was happy that there were a lot of books about activism and activists, like specific, uh, you know, some about sort of just general, what is activism and some, you know, about specific people and um, things like that. So I tried to pick kind of one of each. Um, so the first book that I want to talk about is called Sometimes People March, and it's uh, written and illustrated by Tessa Allen, and it was published uh, recently in 2020. I mean, I guess that's so recent. Did you just say that 2020 is sort of recent? Yeah, I was like, it's, it's, it's not, well, I don't know when in 2020 it was published, so. It's pr- that's a pretty I new, mean, considering I've been doing, recent. I've been like busting out with novels from the 1970s. <laughs> like, yes, this is a pretty recent book. Okay, so it's a recent book. It was published in 2020 uh, by Balser and Bray. And um, basically, it's just this lovely little book that kind of explains uh, what activism is and, and why people march and, uh it explain and what I love about it, I mean, I'll sort of get, I'm sort of cheating. I'll get into my uh, way to go. But one of the things I love about it is that all the illustrations are like, like they're not, they might just be like, sometimes people march and they show people marching, but like the illustration is from a real movement. Mm. So all the illustrations are, pe- are maybe people um, or things from, from different movements. And then in the back of the book, it tells you about all the illustrations and what movements were things or people are, are going on in the illustrations. So anyway, so I'm just going to, I'm going to read a uh, little, little snippets. Um, so it starts out saying sometimes ants march and it shows like little ants around a watermelon. <laughs> uh, sometimes bands march, sometimes people march. So I like how it starts with like things that kids might know, you know what I mean? Um, and then, uh, and then it says marching is something people do together when they want to resist injustice or when they notice the need for change. Um, and the one thing about that, I will say, I guess it depends on the age of the kid. You'd probably have to explain what injustice is, because um, that's kind of like a big concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, uh, and then it goes on to talk about different reasons people might might march. Um, and then one of the things I like is there's an illustration of water protectors in this section, which I think is really cool. Uh, it's funny because I, when I was doing my research, I had thought. I was like, oh, that book about the water protectors book. And then I forgot about it. And then you picked it. So I was like, great. (laughs) Spoilers for the future. Um, Anyway, so then there's uh, a page that says, um, it goes on to say, sometimes people carry signs to share stories of their resistance. And it shows all different, again, like signs from real movements. So there's like a Black Lives Matter sign. There's like um, pride signs. There's all, all different, you know, there's some trans stuff. There's all different kinds of things. I would have to really pick apart that illustration to see all the different signs. But there's it's a two-page spread um, of all different kinds of people. And then this part I really love. It says people resist in many ways. Sometimes people resist with their voices. They might resist with words or with songs or with art. Um, so I appreciate that they talk about the fact that like marching, even though the book is called Sometimes People March, it's like that's not the only way to resist. There are lots of other ways uh, to use your skills, um, which I really appreciate. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and then it's, a, yeah, I think it's such an important narrative because I think there's this narrative like if you weren't at the protest, like you're not a good activist and like they're. Which uh, is really first um, of all, like ableist. It's not accessible. And yeah, yeah. Yes. It's not accessible to everyone for so many different reasons, Um, whether that's socioeconomic status of not being able to get there, right, or, you know, have the means to get there, whether that's, you know, talking about ableism, right, like, like physically, like maybe that space is not wheelchair accessible, maybe that space is loud, maybe that space is a lot of people and I have social anxiety, like there are so many reasons, um, 
or that you know certain spaces aren't protests or spaces aren't accessible and also this idea that like that's what we all need to be doing no we need people to be making phone calls we need people to be making the art like someone oh gosh i forget who it was i think it was one of my guests was saying uh, sometimes that you know they like to make signs so they just made a bunch of signs and handed them out at the rally right like that was a thing that they were able to do or even if you made signs and had someone else take them to the rally right like we need people to be doing all these like making like uh you know people who make music you know like uh singers and whoever to be able to like through their songs and their music or art whatever art you're doing like to be able to make a statement like we need people doing all of these kinds of things and i think the idea that there's only one thing that you need to be doing is like no we need people to organize you don't need to go to the protest you could still organize right, it right like we need people with different skills yeah, we have can um, i share and, one and thing so, yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, just it made me think about those different the different facets and how powerful they are and how you don't mm-hmm. one person can't think of all the things right that will be powerful no. let, and let alone execute them all. That's why we need like organizing and community building. But we have this amazing activist in our community, Zyra Garcia. Mm-hmm. And um, when Zyra started uh, really being a, a, a force in the community organizing that we were doing um, through Indivisible, uh, which is like, we call ourselves Indivisible, but it's a little bit looser than that. Like we pull from a lot of different like movements and ideas and really try to just center voices of disenfranchised folks, um, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, when Zyra started being a force in these um in these rallies that we were putting together and in these, um, you know, everyone showing up at city hall for the council meeting, mm-hmm. um, she and her wife, they like, uh, specific to the event, she would show up with like a hundred red paper hearts or a hundred yellow butterflies out of construction paper and pass them out. And then it was like this, this swell, like if, if we agreed with what was being said, suddenly there was this sea of hearts being held up in the air or like, or like, you know, a rally about immigration. Suddenly there were all of these yellow butterflies. Like it was just a signal to show support and alliance and like allyship. Um, You know, rather than like waving your hand or snapping or clapping, it was like just showing these, like showing this symbol. And it was just um, so powerful uh, and I, not in a million years would I have thought the most important thing to do the night before this event is to like cut these paper hearts, right? It took someone else. This person needs a cricket. Right? <laughs> yeah. Get this person a cricket. It took someone, but you know what I mean? It took someone else and maybe they have yeah. one, maybe, yeah. but you know, it took someone else to think it, you know, like that was, that was their brainchild. Yeah, like our brains all work differently and we think of different things and we need, I mean, just in the same way that we build communities and like, right, like some people just in the world, like some people are inventors and some people are this and that, like we can't, if we're all doing the same thing, you know, if we're all doctors, we need, you know, plumbers and we need teachers and we, right, like makes sense. So yeah, that was just Um, like a very tangible example for me about like, oh, wow, like that, that is why it takes like every single person to do this work. Yes. Absolutely. Um, So then uh, the book goes on to say some people or people resist with meetings. They resist by standing up and it shows uh, the newsies. Um, And then it says, uh, oh, I'm saying the newsies. You know what I mean? Musical reference. Well, exactly. I would like you to do a little, do a little song, do a little song to really get us in the moment. Although I will say I am uh, friends with 
the original actor who played Crutchy. I'll throw that out there as a. I was I his sister directed the show that I did. Oh wow, <laughs> Andrew Keenan Bolger, we're, we're just bros. Anyway, um, so uh, so then it says so they resist by standing up or sitting down, and it shows like the sit-ins, um, of the uh, oh my gosh, I can't, my brain isn't working. Can you help me? Like the restaurant sit-ins. Of civil rights. There we go. Oh right, yes, like the at the counter, yeah, the the restaurant sit-ins. Yes, like the. Oh my god, you know what I'm talking about. Well, there were there have been many Uh, sit-ins. I was like the Berkeley sit-ins. Are we at Sproul Hall? Like Like, what's happening? I had like this image in my head that like I was trying to like psychic (laughs) you. Um. Anyway, and then so it says by standing up, sitting down, or taking a knee, and uh, and then it says uh, there's an image of Colin Kaepernick, um, and then uh, at the sort of well it's not quite the end of the book but um towards the end it says but we do not march alone ants are stronger together and then it shows all the ants finally together lifting the watermelon um which i think is really cute and then there's there's a little bit more towards the end of the book uh, but i i almost feel like it could have ended there i really liked that as an ending so i'm just gonna end it there <laughs> um anyway so my way to goes i beautiful diverse illustrations i mean they're showing real people and real protesters who are diverse so um but even in the group shots like there are people like there's one group uh shot where you know there's a wheelchair user there's like another detail i love is there's like a parent uh like a male presenting person wearing a baby (laughs) which i'm like yeah like take your babies to Mm -hmm. um that kind of stuff it's just it's great uh, i also like there's a part of the book where you know it admits that like it, it's not always going to be easy right to just like make change that it's hard um it talked like i said before it talks about different ways to resist um uh, the real life examples and the illustrations i think are great because then you can use the back matter depending on the age of the kid right you could read that with a young kid and then as they get older you could be like hey like let's learn about maybe every time you read it you learn about one person or something you know maybe you don't read about you know learn about all 20 30 people in the book but like every time you read it like hey let's learn about this person or like what person uh, or page is interesting to you let's let's learn more about that and of course you could also do your own research and get more books or about it or whatever um so i really like that it makes it accessible for such a wide age range because i could read that to a toddler right and i could also read that to a nine-year-old and then expand the knowledge you know um, I, this might be a first, I have no room to grow for all three books that I picked. I, it's literally just like NA, like I don't, um, it, with the exception of maybe like, I thought it could have ended on the ant page. Like there was a little bit more past that. And I was just like, ah, I don't need hmm. this. Um, <laughs> but like, whatever, like it wasn't bad. I was just kind of like, oh, that felt like a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, yeah, I really like this book. Uh, and I highly recommend it. Um, the next book I want to talk about, um, is actually so throwback to when we first got connected you had sent me uh, a shift book box that was the pride one for that year and in that one i have my beautiful uh shift book pick copy of uh pride the story of harvey milk and the rainbow flag so you guys actually um you and crystal back in the day uh actually turned me so I want to I want to talk about that one. So it's a book we both know, uh, and that is by uh, Rob Sanders and illustrated by Stephen Salerno. And uh, this one was published in 2018 by Random House. And basically, uh, you know, in its most simplest form, it's 
it's a biography of Harvey Milk uh, and how he collaborated, sort of focusing on his connection with the rainbow flag and how he collaborated with Gilbert Baker to create the rainbow flag. Um, so, you know, I, you know what, I'm just going to read like a little bit of it so you can kind of get the flavor and the feel. If I, oh, I have my beautiful shift book uh, information in here. So it starts out with uh, a quote of his. You have to give them hope, hope for a better world, hope for a better tomorrow. And the book starts, Harvey Milk was an ordinary man, but he had an extraordinary dream. That dream would change history. Harvey dreamed that everyone, even gay people, would have equality. He dreamed that he and his friends would be treated like everyone else. He dreamed that one day people would be able to live and love as they please. This is maybe my favorite detail in the whole book. With his New York accent, because he had such an accent, um, Harvey talked to everyone about his dream. His voice boomed, his body bounced with energy and excitement. Some people listened, a few agreed, most did not. Okay, so I won't read you the whole book, but just so you can kind of get a little bit of the flavor. Um, so, you know, it sort of starts out talking about, again, this sort of dream that he had of... Uh, you know, equality, and um, it goes on to talk about him being one of the first openly gay people to be elected to public office in the U.S., uh, and then there's sort of this arc where he's like, oh, we kind of need a symbol, you know, for our movement, and uh, he goes to Gilbert Baker, and Gilbert Baker's like, a flag! Um, and so they, together, they make, you know, the, the rainbow flag, and uh, then it goes on, I mean, it sort of goes on to, to focus on the rainbow flag a little bit, um, and talk about different ways that it was used and interpreted by different people, you know, people were wearing it on clothing and pins and, you know, all these different things. And then it goes on to talk about um, uh, his assassination. Um, and uh, at the end, just like, you know, the flag sort of becoming a symbol of hope. And there's one, there's one page that I wanted to read that I really, it has, the, it's like all little flags spelling out, like little pride flags spelling out the word hope. And it says, more rainbow flags were created. Some of the colors changed. Eight stripes became six stripes, but the meaning of the flag did not change. It was a flag of equality. More and more people began to think of the flag as their flag, and they began to feel pride. They began to have hope. Um, so I really like this idea that, like, even though, you know, he was killed, he was assassinated, um, like this idea of hope uh, still, you know, he, he made a difference, right, that lived, you know, longer longer than he did. Um, and sort of is like a memory of him. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I really, I really love this book. It's the illustrations are really gorgeous. I love that they also included direct quote, quotes of his. I think that was really cool. Um, it was like a nice touch. And uh, I, I also like that they didn't shy away from talking about the assassination. Like I, and I think that that's something that's important for grownups to know that is in this book. Like if um, you're, you know if that's not something that you're ready to have a conversation with about your kids then uh you know maybe it's not time for this book yet but i think it's important to know it's in there um but yeah i think i think it is important to talk about um you know maybe uh with older kids or kids who are ready to talk about because I, I know gosh I always, I talk to so many people on this show that I forget who said what, but I was talking to someone, it was on one of the episodes about, about this topic, we were talking about how they were trying to explain, the, the parent was trying to explain uh, the kids who are at, at the border, and all of a sudden this kid was like, now has severe anxiety that they're going to be taken away from their parent. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it really depends, like, you know your kid best, you know what might be too much for your kid 
um or, you know so and sometimes i feel like we don't we have no idea like we t- like she, she was the the guest was then saying like there was another time where they were at this rally and it got like violent it got scary and like they were playing it was in like a courthouse and the kid was playing under the table with another kid and they asked them they were like do you remember that and she was like yeah i played under the table with ponies like she didn't remember at all like all this you know stuff that was going on around her she's just like we played ponies right. but meanwhile this one comment that she thought she didn't think would like you know upset her like really gave her anxiety for a while about mm-hmm. that and so all of this to say that like you know your kid best or the kids in your life best um and uh just you know know that this is in the book and um uh you know maybe think before you read you know take a moment before you read it to think how you're going to talk right. about that and in our in our shift guide um, mm-hmm. I, what I like about this book is that it kind of does exactly what um, the recommendation is for how to talk to children about like really tough topics like this, which mm-hmm. is just use very simple, clear, factual language, mm-hmm. like answer questions honestly, but like with reassurances that the child is safe um, and then to focus on the helpers, right? So like the way that this book ends on a moment of hope and ends on the way that the LGBTQI plus community continued to like collectively organize and work toward liberation. Um, like that is the biggest takeaway. Um, yeah. And I think also the idea that like, not to say that they're not important, but you know what I mean? That assassination is when like an important figure right. is killed. Not just like, this doesn't just happen. Someone's not just going to like walk up and kill you. Probably. <laughs> I hope not. Um, maybe don't say that. Uh, but you know, you know what I mean? Like that this is like, I re- cause I remember, and I think I've talked about this before. I remember when nine 11 happened, I was living out just outside of New York city in long Island. And I was like, well, can that just happen to my school? And my mom was like, no, no offense, but no one cares. About your um, like terrorists are not coming. Let to me your reassure you care. by, by belittling you just a little bit. <laughs> That's maybe not what she said, but, um, you, you right. know, uh, right. so, so I think to reinforce that, like, it's not something that just happens randomly. Right. Um, yeah. But any, anyway, there's, there's great back matter. Also, there's biographical notes. There's also a timeline of, there's two timelines. There's one of Harvey Milk, uh, of his life. And then there's one of the rainbow flag itself. There's further reading, there's websites, books, uh, et cetera. And then there's a really lovely spread of actual pictures of Harvey, of different people, um, uh, in that movement of the flag of Gilbert Baker and, uh, even of the, the, white house when it was all lit up with the pride colors so um i really like that as well that there's like real pictures you can be like hey like this is what he really looked like um how do you think the illustrator did them to a good job (laughs) um and i also wanted to shout out in addition to this book there's a book that i like to read with this book um that's actually kind of the inverse of this book where this book is like harvey you know it's mostly about harvey and he went to gilbert and was like can we do a thing and gilbert was like sure it's like one page about gilbert baker this book is called sewing the rainbow Mm -hmm. the story of gilbert baker and the rainbow flag so it's like almost the opposite where like it's mostly about gilbert baker and his life and then harvey pops in and it's like hey we need a symbol um so i really like reading those together and i love the idea of like focusing on gilbert baker and him not being like a supporting player right um although obviously that was not the the purpose of this book was to talk about harvey milk not to say that that was a bad move but i like to sort of read them together um yes and what i still feel is kind of lacking i know that we have a few more options now but um what I still feel we are really missing 
are the really, really excellent picture books that talk about the women and the women of color, uh, the trans women who... Hold on. Let let me look this up because there's one that just came out in November that I have not... The the Sylvia Martha Starter Revolution. Have you seen Um, it? I I believe I looked through it and I think that there's still room for, for more. I think... I, I would like I to see that subject teased apart. when it was going to be coming out and being like, oh, I'll, I'll check that out when it comes out. And then I never. Right, did. right. And I, I have not given it, I don't yeah. I don't know that I've given it a full read through, but from what I've seen, I think, I, I still think that there's room for more on that there's topic to, do. to really. Yeah. Well, especially like with Stonewall and all that. Right, right. A lot of those all books. Stuff. And I hope people, yeah, I hope people don't think like, oh, well, there's a book about it already, so we don't have to write one. Right. Like, we need good. Books. Right. And I was also a little, the <laughs> the book about Stonewall, like the, the one that centers the building itself. Yeah. I didn't love the execution of that yeah. book. Well, that's what I mean. I hope, I hope authors aren't like, oh, someone already did that. Yeah. So no, 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 no. There is plenty of room. Definitely. Authors and illustrators take <laughs> heed. This is an area that still needs exploration. Yes, for sure. So... Oh, okay. So uh, I wanted to, sorry, I seem to grab something. Um, I just want, I wanted to talk about my final book. Um, so I sort of had like one that was kind of general, one that talked about a specific person. And this one is kind of like a combination where it talks about several, several people. So this one is called Enough, 20 Protesters Who, uh, who Changed America. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's really, I don't even know how I found this one. Um, it was one that I hadn't heard of, which I was surprised because it was published in 2018. So it's been here for a while. Um, it was published by, or it was uh, written by Emily Easton and uh, illustrated by Zai Chen. And again, it was published in 2018 uh, by Crown Books for Young Readers. Now, I I wanted to talk a little bit about Emily Easton because this was like kind of a personal project for her. Um, and I wanted to just read a little bit of the author's note that was given. Um, a, few, a few weeks before the Parkland shooting, I was in Florida with my cousins for a family wedding. On Valentine's Day, a shooter went rampage after school. Thankfully, Samantha and her brother Ryan were both physically fine, though some of their friends sadly weren't. But everything changed from that moment on. Samantha was too young, but Ryan was part of the group who organized the March for Our Lives, and their oldest brother, Matthew, took a leave of absence from college to help the movement, too. I felt inspired by these teens, like so many people did, and I also felt a sense of wonder that my cousins were joining the public canon of activists who made important changes in our countries. There's a little bit more, um, but I just wanted to uh, sort of um, connect that, like, this wasn't just, like, a random topic uh, that this author picked, and I like that there's sort of, like, a personal... I think it makes sort of like how we were talking about uh, when you can tell like a trans person wrote a book or you could tell like someone from this experience wrote a book. Like, I feel like it's you there's it brings like a different feeling to a book when you know someone has a personal connection to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to uh, talk about that a little bit. So um, this is a, actually a pretty sh- despite the fact that it sounds like it would be a long book. It's actually a pretty simple book. Um, so I'm just going to read the whole thing. Um, so Samuel threw a tea party. Harriet led the way. Susan cast her vote. Woody sang for you and me. Rosa went to school. Or I'm sorry. Ro- uh, Rosa kept her seat. Ruby went to school. Rachel wrote a book. Martin had a dream. Caesar and Dolores said no grapes. Muhammad refused to fight. Tommy and John raised their fists. John and Yoko stayed in bed. Gilbert sewed a rainbow. A jazz wore a dress. Colin took a knee. America said, time's up. Parkland demanded, never again. 
Um, so it's like pretty simple. It's, it's two. It's like a huge. Most some of them are like two page spreads. Um, I think they might all be two page spreads. Hmm. I have to, I'd have to look at it again. Um, but so they're so each one is just like a simple statement, and it shows that that person and that movement. And what I like about it is, uh, sort of like in the other book, I like that they're showing people doing all different things, right? It's not just like this person marched and this person marched. And like, no, like people did all different things to protest, whether it was sitting somewhere or standing somewhere or taking a knee or throwing a bunch of tea in water, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, there are like all different kind of creative ways that people, people did these things. So I really like that. Um, I, like that it shows people of all different you know all different kinds of people right people of different ages people of different races people uh you know from different backgrounds and uh, i appreciate like that they like ruby bridges was there like there were kids you know they showed that all different kinds of people like it doesn't just take and i i feel like they actually focused a lot on people of color which i really appreciate um because i don't know i feel like there's this weird idea of an activist as like like I think of the the women's march, I think of like middle aged white people. I don't know. Like I think there's this idea of what an activist looks like in our in like society that is like not. Or, I don't or know. there's there's an idea of what an appropriate activist yes. looks like. Yes. Right. Like exactly. a, an active. Yeah. Like there's there's the uh, which is I mean the the sanctioned activism. There were uh there were air quotes there. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is yeah, it's total, yeah, total garbage. Oh yeah, that's like a whole another thing of like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> whenever I so my mother um and I had a little bit of conversation about this um where she was like, oh, people are being violent and they're looting things and they're doing this and that, and I'm like, do you know how our country was founded? She's like, that's not American. And I was like, do you, do you know what, huh? <laughs> like, that's, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's so funny when people are so diehard about like America, that's not the American way. And I'm like, it literally is though. <laughs> we threw a bunch of stuff into the ocean. Yeah. Like, and that was property of someone else's. We, we did all these kinds of things that were like... Right. And that's actually something that the author know. says, right? In her, in the author's note, it says, um, mm -hmm. I was reminded that America itself was formed as a protest against English protests, mm -hmm. or sorry, against England, against English, um, was formed as a protest against England. Protest is part of America's DNA. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And, but but anyway, all of that to say that I appreciated that they showed all different kinds of people, and they I felt like there was a focus on people of color, which I I thought was awesome. Um, that and the last thing that I want to say, just like the other the other book, the uh, sometimes people people march. Excuse me. Uh, there's in the in the back matter. There's a little paragraph about each person, um, or movement. Uh, that well, I think they're all people in this book. Yeah. Uh, that explains uh everything. So again, I think you know with this book it's so short that you might be able to talk a little bit about each person and a lot of them are people like harriet tubman rosa parks that you probably already know a little bit about but that's another thing i like there were people in here that i didn't know who they were uh which i thought was kind of awesome or didn't know a lot about like knew who they were but i was like oh i didn't know that they did an act of you know some kind of activism um so i thought that that was really cool it was a good mix of like yeah of course harriet tubman's in there martin luther king is in there rosa parks is in there right like all the names not to be like uh martin luther king <laughs> but you know what i mean like the people that we know uh but i thought that that was good in a in a way that like you're learning about new people but also like we want to obviously keep these important 
figures like in a book like this where kids are learning about mm-hmm. them um but in the in the sense also that like you can you probably can tell a kid a little bit about rosa parks without doing research right um so I think it was good in that way. And again, just like the other book, I like that it was simple, but can be expanded on. So I could read this to a toddler e- easily. Right. I was um, thinking this would make, yeah. it seems like a really good um, format for a board book. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even, I, I mean, actually, I think it might, might actually translate best as a board book. Seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, those are my three books. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really like I said before. I'm just really excited that there are so many so many books to choose from, and so many books about just activists in general and um, specific activists. And I think for me, the ones that were sort of about activism in general, like these were um, the first and the last one that I talked about, were kind of my my favorites. I because I feel like there are a lot of ones that are just like kind of I don't know they almost feel watered down um, that are just sort of like activism, and I'm like ah eh, I don't know about that. Um, so the, the sometimes people march was definitely my favorite as far as sort of like general about activism. Yeah, that book is beautiful. It's really awesome, and I love that each illustration is like a real thing. It's not just like generic people marching, you know, or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. pe- real people, you know, and real movements. Anyway, uh, enough about me. How do you feel about me? No, <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you feel about my books? Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear about your book. Okay. If you're awake. I cannot guarantee that I, I'm awake. There was a shirt today while we were at Walmart. We were looking at the clothes and there was just a shirt that said, awake, awake, awake. And I was like, if I wear that, do you think that would work? <laughs> like my body would like, I, I I took a picture of it to share in my narcolepsy group to be like, you think that'll right. help? Like wear this shirt. <laughs> I was like, what an aggressive shirt that was like in all caps and shiny. There's a, awake, awake, there's awake. a camp song that we, that we sing that we used to sing at the very, very start of the day that goes, I'm alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic. I'm alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic. I'm alive, alert, awake. I'm awake, alert, alive. I'm alive, alert, awake, enthusiastic. And then you sing it faster and faster and faster. What uh, what tune is that? I don't think it's a... If you're happy and you oh, don't... Oh, yes, you're hands. right. Yes. I was like, oh, I think it's its own tune. I was like, no, I know this tune. <laughs> that's like when I figured out that Twinkle Twinkle and ABCs was the same tune, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You're right. That's yeah. true. That tracks. That mind. tracks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to... Some fun music. Uh, Musical music interlude. Um, okay. Adjusting my chair. Sitting back down. <laughs> creaky table. Okay. All right, this is my podcast setup at this time. Okay, so, all right. Um, The first book that I want to talk about is another shift book pick. And um, it is written and illustrated by Inesanto Nagara, um, who over at Shift, we are huge fans. Um, and Inesanto Nagara is the author illustrator of A is for Activist and, C, and Counting I'm on Community. Oh, I... go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I was doing, I've loved A's for Activists for a long time, but my, I just haven't had a copy of it. And I was doing an organizing job the other day and I found a copy of it like that they were going to get rid of. And I was like, yeah, they were going to so get rid of what? Well, I mean, the kid, the kid was a little got, got, got older, it. you know, doesn't need board books anymore. Like it had just been sitting in the basement for however many mm-hmm. years. And I was like, mine. <laughs> it's my tip. Love it. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm going to just say I'm organizing potentially we haven't, 
can, you know, solidify things. We're still talking, but I'm potentially organizing for someone who has a local bookstore, kids bookstore what? here in, yeah. I'm going to be organizing like the books in their storage unit. And I literally told them, and they specifically have like, kind of like woke book, you know, books, like the kind of books that we talk about. I bought, and um, I was like, I was like, Hey, can I, I literally messaged her and was like, when she like messaged her back, I was like, I am willing to just trade you for two mm-hmm. books. Like, if you don't want to pay me and you'd rather give me books, I would absolutely be open to a partial or full yeah. barter. Oh, what a great. So we'll see yeah, that's amazing. Says. Yeah. It's, oh my God. She's so sweet. She's just like this, this black woman who, like, who owns this, you just like opened up this shop here. It's like virtual, like a virtual bookstore. But like, I, it was like free shipping if you lived in certain neighborhoods of Montreal. And I was like, great. She just drove mm-hmm. to my house and dropped it off. And there was like little goodies oh. in there besides the books. There was like little toys and candy. I was like, oh, oh that's amazing. It was so that's sweet. That's amazing. Uh, I need to, now I need to find the name of the bookstore while we're, yes. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put Big it in shout the show out. notes. Um, okay. So in Asanja Nagara, we are huge fans. I've had the pleasure. He is Bay Area local, so I've had the pleasure of running into him at some events, like the oh. Bay, the, oh gosh, what is it called? The book festival. There's a children's book festival, like a oh, social. Okay, sorry, I found it. It's called Honey Books. Honey Books. I love that. Yeah. And I need to find out anyway, the name of go. this festival that takes place every year in Oakland <laughs> around the holidays. There's like a holiday, um, oh gosh, Oakland book festival i can go back through my facebook you know posts social justice children's book holiday fair um is this amazing event and he has um tabled there in the past and um kind of been around in in that whole like junket of children's book social justice people in the bay area um but in santa nagara grew up in jakarta indonesia um came to california in the 1980s to attend college um and today lives in Oakland, California. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting our uh, shift book box discussion guide right now. Um, he works as a children's book creator and an activist designer with Design Action Collective, which is a studio dedicated to serving the movement for social change. Um, and in Asante Nagar's first book was A is for Activist. Um, And that was when he was kind of a new father looking for something to read to his young son and was not finding the books that he wanted kind of reflected on the bookshelf. So many authors, that's the reason they wrote it. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Like, (laughs) um, I know that there's kind of a, you know, some people think that anyone can write a children's book, right? Like some people think that it's- in the same way that some people think that having a child means that you are a natural educator or are equipped to work with children. Um, So there's a lot of like, kind of in the same vein, you know, any, any work that tradit like there's a lot of women involved in the creation process and kind of the field, you know, women, um, a lot of children's librarians are women. So of course the whole field gets a little bit devalued. Right. But I have to say, like, we're very fortunate that some of the authors that we encounter in doing this work are authors who saw a gap um, and wrote yeah. these books. And it's particularly important when they are authors, um, you know, um, creators from backgrounds who are traditionally kind of gate kept out of this field. Um, so anyway, uh, rambling, rambling, just to circle no, around to I the idea that, like, I think that's so yeah, important. so glad in Asanja Nagara, who is just this incredible artist, graphic designer, 
um, and like thought activist and actual activist um, has created these books. So uh, the first was A is for Activist um, and then Counting on Community. Those are two board books. Um, And then uh, he published, he does these really great um, kind of memoir, biography, not, not biography, I would say more memoir, um, capturing these moments from his life, um, but using them as a jumping off point for like these bigger social justice ideas. And so that's true for my night in the planetarium, um, for M is for movement. And then also the one I want to talk about today, which is called the wedding portrait, Mm. the story. I know of this book, but I don't know much about it. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, the story of a photograph and why sometimes we break the rules. Mm. Um, and so what, um, what Inosanto Nagara says about the book is um, the wedding portrait starts with the story of a photograph, but it's really about civil disobedience, direct action, and why we sometimes break the rules when faced with grave injustice and repression. In an uncertain world where we cannot promise everything will always go the way we want it to, we do have agency to do something about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So it is a beautiful book uh, and the cover shows um, a child, like the silhouette of a child looking at a picture on a wall. And then in the background, it's kind of this gorgeous, like orangey yellow with like kind of a hint of what would look like what like wallpaper um, Mm. impression. And in the picture, it is two folks who seem to be dressed for a wedding. There's, um, someone with a veil, you know, seeing their backs, but there's a, someone with like a, you know, little head band and veil and white dress and someone else in a suit. And they are kneeling down smooching and they're, but all around them facing them are, um, what appear to be like police officers in like riot gear with like dark sunglasses and she um like face shields holding um batons or worse right so i'm gonna i'm gonna put the book so here's the cover so you can see it seth this is a audio medium but seth's gonna see the cover um and so then what this book does like I said, it, it, I love the trim size too. It's like a square. Um, it's just nice to hold. Yes. Oh, and speaking of squares, it is published by Triangle Square Press, which is an imprint of Seven Stories Press. Um, okay. And uh, there is a quote at the start of the story. It's Henry David Thoreau, who I love. And it says, let your life be a counter friction to stop the machine. Um, which is a quote from civil disobedience. Okay. And so I'll just start, I'll, I'm going to jump off to, so you can get a sense of Inosanto Nagara's like conversational style in his writing. It says, when kids visit our house, they often ask about a particular photo that hangs on the wall. It's actually a cutout from the newspaper and we put it in a frame and hung it up with the other family photos. It's a wedding portrait, a picture of two people dressed up for a wedding kissing. Those two people are mama and I, when we got married. But as you can see, there is something different about this wedding portrait. But before I tell you about the portrait, I want to say something about breaking the rules. Um, So it kind of pulls back and talks about just the act um, um, of, uh, well, of 
why we break the rules, of course, which is from the title of the book. It says, we usually follow the rules, but sometimes when you see something wrong, more wrong than breaking the rules, which I love. I love that. I think that's such a good way to put that. Um, And by breaking the rules, you could stop it. You may decide that you should break the rules. Um, And then it talks about segregation. It says, you know about segregation, right? That was when in some parts of the United States, there were laws against Black people. Black families were not allowed to live in white neighborhoods. Black children had to go to separate schools and drink from separate water fountains. And when you got on the bus, if you were Black, you had to sit in the back. Those were the rules. That was the law. But those laws were racist. Those rules were wrong. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of reading a lot of this text because I want I want our listeners to get a sense. I read a whole book. <laughs> Yours was a little shorter than this one. But um, he, he explains these concepts like exactly the way they should be explained to children, right? Like very matter of fact, um, not shying away from terms like racist um, and also explaining these big ideas like segregation um, in very concrete terms that will be accessible for young and old readers, right? So, um, so that then we um, so uh, that's one spread, and then you see a little girl. Um, she's drinking at a drinking fountain, and there's a sign above her head that says "colored." And then at the other end of the drinking fountain, like there's a pipe attached to like a bigger, fancier drinking fountain, one that appears like mm-hmm. will definitely have the cold water. And then above that is a sign that says white. And so she's like looking, I don't know, it's just very powerful. Um, she's looking in that direction while she's drinking water from this like mm-hmm. little kind of jinky one that, yeah. I was going to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, look at this, see? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Seth's reacting. You can't tell because this is a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then here's something else I love. So some people decided to do something about it. Black activists would get on a bus and refuse to sit in the back. And then check this out. Um, uh, Inno doesn't start with Rosa Parks. Inno starts with Claudette Colvin. Um, One of the first to do this was Claudette Colvin, who was just 15 years old. The bus driver yelled at her, move to the back. But she ignored him. The driver called the police and the police yelled at her too. Move to the back or we'll arrest you. She ignored them too. The police arrested her. Um, and then it talks about then other people came and sat and refused to move. It happened over and over. Rosa Parks got on a bus and refused to move. The, the newspapers heard about it and took pictures. Um, and then, you know, it kind of gives a little more detail. And guess what? In the end, the laws were changed. This is called civil disobedience. So again, like these really great concrete um, uh concrete examples of what that looks like and then you learn the term for what you've just heard about i really i think he does a fantastic job with this um i love that and then he gives um so he weaves more examples so he talks about civil disobedience um the british empire um colonizing india um stealing their resources treating them badly uh and then um so uh telling you know, preventing um, the people in India from making salt. Um, and then they, and so talks about the act of making salt and continuing to do this. The fact that 80,000 people were arrested for making their own salt. 
Um, and it says they yeah. didn't win right away, but guess what? In the end, the British had to go home. Um, and then it talks about uh, the example in Colombia, um, a nation of indigenous people, uh, uh, the, the Ua, who are the thinking people, and the, the fight to stop the drilling. Um, and they, so again, there's now there's another word we learn, blockade, right? Blocking the road into the camp to keep the oil company trucks from coming in. So we get that example. Um, and then another term we learn is solidarity. Another term we learn is boycott. And all through these really, really that. rich examples. Like examples. It's not just like a boycott. It's when blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's like learning it through, which is the best way to exactly. learn. Exactly. Um, like, oh, here, there's a word for this concept that I'm, that I'm telling you about right now. Right. And this is, this is the word, um, then it talks about the farm workers in in Macaulay, Florida, um, and their boycott. Um, I love, um, this is, I thought this was a, a really powerful one because it talks about the role of the farm workers and then the role of the, like we talked about, um, different people having different roles in these movements. It says, um, so the farm workers began to organize. They asked restaurant and supermarket owners to sign an agreement to only buy tomatoes from farms that treated their workers fairly. But the owners said, no way. We don't care about the farm workers. We like our tomatoes cheap. A lot of us don't have a lot of money, so we like our stuff cheap too, don't we? But think about it. If someone offered you a cheap tomato but it was cheap because it was picked by a kid just like you who had to work all day for no pay and wasn't allowed to go home. Would you buy it anyway? I didn't think so. And the Imakali workers didn't think so either. So they said, let's boycott those restaurants and supermarkets that don't care. So they went, they told the public that the supermarkets and restaurants were supporting these shitty labor practices. Mm. Um, and mm. so all around Florida, they marched and marched and marched all the way to Orlando. And then of course, yeah. you know, hitting the supermarkets and restaurants where it hurts um, and made change. Right. So I, I just, I love, I think these examples are really powerful. Mm. Um, and so then there's kind of a summarizing statement about different kinds of civil disobedience and direct action uh, talks about Bree Newsom taking down the Confederate flag. Beautiful picture there. Um, and then, uh, and then it circles back, it kind of like n- narrows back in to like recenters. I love this. We get all of these concrete examples, really great, uh, weaving in of all these ideas. And then it brings us back to the reader, the child, And it says, now, I'll bet this is all giving you some ideas, isn't it? Do you think some of these things that you do when you're not following the rules should be considered civil disobedience? Do you think hiding under the bed to avoid taking a bath is a kind of sit-in? Is refusing to eat your dinner a kind of boycott? Maybe. Maybe not. (laughs) And then... um, and then it's, it brings us back to the wedding portrait. <laughs> you you give them their dinner and they're like, where are these tomatoes sourced? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and so then, um, it, then it talks about uh, the, the, now we get back to the actual wedding portrait and the history behind the photograph. And it talks, and then it gets a little, I'm not going to say a little heavy because the whole book is a little heavy, but it does talk about nuclear weapons 
um, and radiation. And it talks about the world, the United States role in dropping nuclear bombs on the city of Hiroshima and the city of Nagasaki in Japan. Um, it says these are city, these were cities full of regular people and many, many people died. And because of radiation, even more people got sick. Um, so, uh, and then it talks about the fight that people had to, to protest nuclear, nuclear testing and nuclear war. Um, and talks about the fact that on the wedding day that had been planned in advance, um, that, you know, and mama, uh, had learned of a very important protest that was going to be uh, that was going to be occurring and they also kind of like intentionally wanted families and friends to celebrate like the values that brought them together which was like protesting and civil disobedience so they brought the whole wedding to this protest and participated in the protest um in their wedding garb and that was a picture that ended up in the newspaper. Story. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, I think it is. I'm assuming that it is. I believe that it is. Uh, no, it is. It is. It is a true story. Okay. Um, I think that it is. Hey everyone, this is Catherine editing the episode and just to tell you that I did a little research and it is based on um, the author actual wedding where he and his partner went into an anti-nuclear war protest while they were in the wedding. I'm going to link the article where I find the, the information. Super interesting and I think I found a new author that I adore now. Okay, back to the show. And it says... A uh, hundred people refused to move that day. We had to sit in the sun all afternoon. It was like a super long time out. Mama's wedding dress was all dusty and dirty. Um, but a reporter took a photo of us and published it in the newspaper. Lots of people read the newspaper and learned about what the government was doing. Our friends thought that it was the best wedding photo ever. So as a gift, they framed it and we hung it on our wall. And guess what? That is the story of the wedding portrait. Um and then there's like an epilogue about what you can do to take action. Oh, I love that. I love practical yeah. stuff. Tell me what Yeah, exactly. Um, and I love, I, I think what's important, not, I, I think another thing that's important about this book is like the, the way that it talks about like the power of um, like having eyes on it. Like the fact that this picture made it into the newspaper, right? That they weren't just protesting that there were cameras there and this picture caught people's eye in the newspaper mm. more people learned about this issue right and helped yeah. the fight and that's um that's another thing you could take pictures yes. yeah take spread the word do. and find hooks yeah. find engaging ways to get more mm -hmm. people interested in Write in what you want to talk like about there are so many things you can yeah. do yeah yeah so that's my long-winded um I foray into the wedding portrait by innocent nagara it's a great book I had not, I did not like from the title. I wouldn't have guessed that that's what that right, was about. Right, exactly. Um, I love I love that book. I want yeah, it. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful book. Beautiful trim size. 
Um, and so we include it in our box on civil disobedience uh, and we couple it with um, David Robin- Robertson and Julie Flett's, um When We Were Alone and talk about the way that, are you familiar with that title? Oh my gosh. Oh, maybe I should just do that one. Um, <laughs> maybe I should go get it and talk about that one right now. Um, it's a, it's a, it's actually a book about um, children, the experience of children in Indian residential schools, and the oh. way that they were forced. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, seeing this. the way that it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. The way that they were forced to behave and to act yeah, as part of the school, and, and then what they yeah. did when they were when we when they were alone, like how they continued yeah. to fight back, push back in little ways. So we mm-hmm. include that in our in our discussion of civil disobedience um, American history is I know worse. it's the worst I mean yeah and nobody learns it because we whitewash it uh, yep yeah, yeah. hooray we're back I mean we've never been gone no smooth <laughs> transition we've been here the whole time okay How so tell get... me about your second book Rebecca all right. I would love to do that. Um, I'm really excited about the second book because it was the Caldecott medal winner mm-hmm. um, in 2021. The book was you published. I know. You know. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of the, of the, ga- I don't know the gatekeepers and the medals <laughs> and the, but it is nice that more and more um, like traditionally marginalized creators, mm-hmm. BIPOC creators are getting, um, recognized not just in the niche awards but also in the kind of more mainstream traditional awards Um, and it's about stinking time Um, so it was the 2020 Caldecott or the 2021 Caldecott medal winner it was published in 2020 by Roaring Book Press Roaring Brook Mm -hmm. Press Mm -hmm. um, Roaring Brook press and it is called we are water protectors yes and i love this book yeah it is it was written by carol lindstrom and carol lindstrom scrolling up to my notes um identifies as um anishinaabe um matisse and she is tribally enrolled with the turtle mountain band of ojibwe um, so she is uh, an indigenous Native American woman um, and author. And this book was also illustrated by a Native American woman, Michaela Goad. And she is of the um, Tlingit and Haida tribes. Um, and so this book won, as I mentioned, a 2021 Caldecott Medal. It is also a New York Times bestselling book and also was a 2020 Kirkus Prize finalist. So this book um, got a lot of recognition, um, well-deserved recognition, because it is an absolutely beautiful book. Um, And it begins, water is the first medicine, Nokomis told me. And um, of course, as you can imagine, probably by the title, the illustrations are done in watercolor. And you can actually see the like droplets, like you can mm-hmm. see the water um, in kind of like a meta way. Uh, droplets, you can see like, you know, sort of like the painting is done and then you can see the drops of water on 
the painting yeah, it's really beautiful. in a way that's the very yes like evocative and it, so the first kind of full spread illustration is like a girl and her grandmother or her nokomis like in a river and there's other people in the river like holding vessels of water and there's just water moving and pouring and in the background you can see like the silhouette of trees and it's just very lovely um and then there's also these kind of tendrils of um, more probably like I mean I don't know how she did it but more like doodly like um, mm-hmm. which I know sounds like a derogatory term but I don't mean it in that way like it's just Doodles like are beautiful get out of here yeah but you know what I mean like some, I think, some yes. people think it sounds very like amateurish or something but there's little like um, foliage kind of doodled and little tendrils mm-hmm. of, of curling vines doodled on the picture um, so yeah a couple different kind of styles at, at play at once um, which is why this this book won a medal for its art. Um, okay, so water is the first medicine. Um, and then we come from water. It nourished us inside our mother's body as it nourishes us here on Mother Earth. Water is sacred, she said. And I just want to read a little bit more. Um, we stand with our songs and our drums. We are still here. The river's rhythm runs through my veins, runs through my people's veins. My people talk of a black snake that will destroy the land. And so then we move from, um, uh, I love this scene because there's such strength in it. So you see um, the girl who's kind of our protagonist standing with her back to us. And like her hair is kind of swept over her shoulder and she has a walk, like a staff in her hand and away you see this landscape of these hillsides and this sun rising. Um, and there's like this beauty in it, but also this like power. Um, and then also you get this really bold red. So kind of, um, which is a shift in the book away from this, like water is life to like this this destruction that they're going to have to fight against. So there's like use yeah. of color in a really um, um, intentional way here. And so it says, um, spoil the water, poison plants and animals, wreck everything in its path. Um, when my people first spoke of the black snake, they foretold that it wouldn't come for many, many years. And of course, what they're talking about with the black snake, and then you have this picture um, the next page is really striking. Now the black snake is here. Its venom burns the land, courses through the water, making it unfit to drink. And you see the black mm-hmm. snake, which is, of course, a pipe, right? So this is all about the Dakota Access Pipeline, which has been the fight at Standing Rock um, since 2016. Um, and so this book really talks about um, the fight that this this child is like take courage i must keep the black snake away um from my village's water i must rally my people together and then you see in her hair so she's standing again in this really powerful pose and her hair like becomes this river and you see all of these shapes within the water that is her hair um, and all of these like lily pads and the silhouette of beavers and fish um, and it's just really beautiful. And um, and there, the story goes on just to talk about like standing for the water, stand for the land against the black snake, um, and just all of these really powerful images um, about working together and fighting for those who cannot fight for himself, for themselves, sorry, 
the winged ones, the crawling ones. Um, it's like, it, it's kind of a, like a poem of power about the role that um, indigenous people and that Native American people played and play in this fight um, to protect the water, protect the land, um, and to protect um, their communities. And yeah, it's really, it's really beautiful. Yeah, it's just, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So at the end, um, in the final spread, you see all sorts of people, um, all different um, shades, all different ages. Um, and it says, we are the water protectors. We stand. The black snake is in for the fight of its life. <laughs> it's really, ugh, it just gives me chills. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's really like evocative and like very like captivating. Like even the cover, I feel like that kid is peering into my soul. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, what did I do? I'm in trouble. Like, you know. What we all did was capitalism, Seth. And yes, we <laughs> hey. are all in trouble. Um, and then at the listen, <laughs> I try to be as anti capitalist as I can in this capitalist world. Right, exactly. Um, my landlord doesn't understand. <laughs> My anti-capitalism. I know it's so frustrating. They won't accept it. I keep Listen, trying to. Can I pay you in barter? <laughs> I can dance for you. <laughs> I can take care of your children. Exactly. <laughs> I love. I would love if your landlord took up the dance as the payment. Um, yes. And so in the back of the book, there are notes, right? So there's more on the water protectors and kind of like the actual um, history. Um, and then also some further reading and a glossary mm -hmm. and an author's notes. There's That's just a awesome. lot of rich back matter. I love good back matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like the the books that we talked about today all almost all had like really good back matter. Right. Oh, and then on the final page there is an Earth Steward and Water Protector pledge, and so you can Ooh. read the pledge and you can write your name, like sign your name and write the date. So Aww, for readers I who are that. yeah who are um, purchasing the book rather than taking it out of the library. Both are valid, but you should <laughs> probably not write in library. in library books. But you Maybe can make you can a photocopy. Copy it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, so that's a that's a, a book that celebrates activism uh, in and protection of the land and the water and indigenous people. I love that. And it's written and illustrated by um, um, indigenous creators. And yeah, was, and important. so M Michaela Goad was the first Native American woman to win the Caldecott medal. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty wild. It was a big deal. Big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so those are the, right. those are the books I have to share. Yeah. I, I really love um, that they're, you know, that I feel like we, I, I feel like we always do this and we don't even like, I don't intentionally do this. I'm just like, I like that book. I like this book. But we always end up giving like kind of a good spread of like different kinds of books. Mm -hmm. Whereas one was more like, what is activism? And one's more like, this is about a specific activist or like, this is a specific type of activist, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. I think that it's really great that there's so many books out there about, you know, either specific activists or specific events. And also just in general, like even for the youngest kids, we have books like A is for activists or, um, you know, even the two books that I um, was talking about earlier uh, are, are great. The Harvey Milk one might be a little old for toddlers, um, but the other two I think are, are great for, for young kids to older kids. But like, I feel like you can start, you know, so young, you know, as young as 
whenever you start reading books to kids. Exactly. I'm like that though. Like I'll just read any book to a kid if they'll sit for it. And if they walk away, I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) Unless like, it's like, like, again, like maybe if the Harvey Milk book, if it has like a topic in it that you might not want to talk about yet or something like that, like maybe I wouldn't, you know, read it to to a young kid, but also as a nanny, like it's a different, it's it's a different situation, but, um, but I'm like very much of the, you know, of the opinion that like you should just read books to kids you know about everything from you know as young as zero well and that is so we um in the discussion guides for harvey milk and the rainbow flags like we do we do talk about kind of how to talk about mm-hmm. assassination um for the wedding portrait um at first in kind of our first iteration of that guide we talked about how a reader could read past like kind of skip a page if they didn't feel comfortable Mm. talking about like dropping bombs on like that the fact that the united states which is likely where most of our readers are based did this thing but it but then we kind of were like yeah no no you can't yeah well it's funny because i was gonna say this same thing about the assassination thing and i was like no i don't think you should skip that page yeah it's like all of the first of all it's like all of the descriptions all of the events captured in the wedding portrait talk about horrific like violence against peoples and places um and there if you are of those people and places you can't turn your back on it you can't walk away from this history Mm -hmm. so it really i think it's part of the work particularly as white people so i'm talking to i'm talking about white parents right now like it's part of the work of being a white parent to have these hard conversations and own the history of this country yeah i was gonna say and isn't that just skipping that page would just be like furthering the erasure of the you know not so great things that the u.s has done like internment camps and things that we like to just pretend that we didn't exactly 100 um yeah it's it's super important and you know this is just making me think of as i had the privilege um to have the experience to go to japan when i was in high school and we went to hiroshima and uh we went to museum there and i just like will always remember this just like old japanese man just walked up to me took my hand and said thank you just like for being there and like acknowledging that that, and i'm not saying like oh i'm so great because like it was a tour i didn't have a choice where i went um (laughs) but like it just was like really it was a really meaningful moment and i think that it's like like to you know and again i don't know what was going through that person's mind but like the fact that like americans were coming there and acknowledging that like this thing happened seeing uh, and not just pretending yeah Yeah. yes it was like it was very traumatic that that um that museum (laughs) um especially like as a young and i wasn't young i was like maybe 14 but still it was like yeah it was a lot um very emotional and um and harder harder when you're the aggressive i mean not not harder necessarily but that extra layer of like oh we're i'm the aggressor in this like it's not that this is just devastating that this happened like no but like we my people quote unquote unquote. Ah, i'm canadian now get out of there um (laughs) that's how that works right (laughs) oh my gosh no but like that just made me think about i won't say who i was talking to but i was talking to someone in my life and they were talking about basically how like white privilege doesn't exist yeah yeah it was someone in my family i just can't um, i just can't and they were just like okay but i didn't enslave people and i was like but what what 
I'm rubbing my face. Yeah, we both are like we have our hands in our face right now. Face in our hands, rather. Yeah. It's oh just, my god, it's um, just so hard. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's that, that that is our work, but it is so hard yeah. to meet people when they where they are when that is where they are still. Yeah. 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 Um, but at any rate, don't skip over that page. Uh, yeah, exactly. I guess that's all to say. Don't skip over yeah, that. Yeah, have stuff. those. I mean, find find kid-friendly ways. Don't offer more information that they're asking. Mm-hmm. Don't answer questions yeah. that they're not asking yet. But, but oh, yeah, just be matter-of-fact about the bad things that have happened. Mm-hmm. Encourage them to look for the helpers. Again, that is not a message for adults. It's adults we need to be be the helpers. But mm-hmm. kids get to look for the helpers. So that's what we can share with them. And that, of course, is <laughs> courtesy of Fred Rogers. Yay. We, we did it. <laughs> End of another another just wonderful, enriching episode uh, of Ratchel Podcast. Please come back. I hope we don't. <laughs> Keep it all in, Kat. Have Keep it, it all in. Scared you off. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> especially uh the part where someone hit on you at walmart mm-hmm. um bloopers give me those <laughs> bloopers i never get good bloopers anyway uh no one listens to them anyway it's fine um i checked my patreon yesterday and i was like why do we do any of these rewards they all have zero likes like, is anyone there like i don't care i'm just like give me money but like do i need to do this stuff if you're not looking at it anyway, what if I just stopped oh, and I'll see if the money keeps coming in. Uh, anyway, <laughs> hey, like I said, thanks to our patron. <laughs> Thank you, Patreon. But we know, you know what, know what I'm hearing there. I'm hearing that you want to make sure that you are meeting people's needs and not doing I literally asked them what extra. they want and no one responded, Rebecca. They want, I was like, they want they content want and to be left alone. Don't, isn't that what we all want? We want the content we want when we want it. And then other than that, we want to be left okay, alone. But there was a, um, have you seen The Hobbit? I have not. Okay. That's not really important. There's just a moment where Bilbo sits down and he's like about to eat a nice meal. And he's like, oh. And then the doorbell rings and he's like, and I'm like, yes, that's me. <laughs> I'm just like, people. At every uh, minute of the day, yes. Just want to sit down and be alone. Uh, yes. And speaking of which, I guess it's time to